0: This is the Out of Time Film Podcast where your hosts Tom and John discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John and this week we're talking about Star Wars Visions Volume Ooh. 2. Yeah, yeah. how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not bad, how are you? I'm
1: good, yeah, just very excited to talk about this. Me been too. been watching Visions all
0: week i thoroughly enjoyed this one this one was really good so
1: Mm. yeah yeah
0: Yeah. me too i mean you know always love talking about star wars i've actually watched this twice so this is going to be a little bit different to normal weeks because obviously each episode is different and so you know as always full spoilers ahead we'll talk about it a little bit as a whole and then we'll do each episode individually so let's just start with what do you think of the season as a whole So this season was promoting as you know,
1: you see different animation studios. Because you know, in the first one you got those famous studios, so like Studio Trigger, who Mm. did Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and then there was others that I realized in that one, like the samurai black and white one with the first episode. I loved that one. That was a great one. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So cool. They had some really cool elements in the first season, like you know, they explored different aspects of Star Wars, their interpretation of Star Wars, and I really liked that. But this one this one was just so pleasing to watch. It was just so nice to see different aspects of animation. And they like, you know, stop motion animation, different styles. And you got 3D ones, 2D. Yeah, it was just so, so nice to watch different countries' studio animations. It was just really nice to see, you know, different cultures,
0: different interpretations of Star Wars in their shorts. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this one's so much vaster than... Volume 1. Volume 1, so many of the studios are from Japan, and you really get a great look at how Japan sees Star Wars. And I know that it's not exclusively Japan, but this season we're going all over the place we've got like just to kind of list list a few you know we've got spain ireland chile united kingdom south korea like it really is just going so far and as you're saying we're seeing different cultures take on star wars and i would say this whole season has such pure star wars themes of battling against good and evil standing up against oppression letting love into your life the idea that no one has ever truly gone seeing those themes expressed in different art styles from different countries and cultures it's taking the next step from visions yeah. volume one and it's incredible this is what star wars is and what it should be and i hope that generally we keep getting seasons of visions from creators all over the world it's so cool
1: just give studio animation so much creativity you know their interpretation of star wars and hopefully in the future we get to see a star wars anime you know that would be really cool yeah you know, what just like a whole series yeah that would be great a whole series yeah that would be really cool you know that Oh, man. By the way, mm. should we get into each episode of Visions? Yeah, What's first of all, I
0: want to give one, one point. I feel like... This is like my only kind of criticism for the whole thing, and I feel it applies more for the whole thing than it is in general. But obviously, all episodes dropped at once. They all dropped on May the 4th, and this is very much kind of like a show that is intended to binge, and I did binge, it. Yeah. I watched it all in like an afternoon, Not and seen. I feel like that was kind of a mistake. I had to rewatch every episode again so I could truly soak in the themes and stuff, and you know, this is this is classic binge model. This is something that I've studied at my university, and I feel like, you know, sometimes... The binge model doesn't work for these kinds of things. And I I genuinely think that potentially a weekly model would have worked better, getting each episode one step at a time. I think that's just something that did hinder my experience a little bit. And rewatching them all really, really helped. So Well, I didn't re watch it. So... Okay, <laughs> well... right. So you, you took it in, that's good. Yeah. Binge model that exists. It does exist. Yeah, so I, oh. I did a module at university all about TV. Oh, I yeah, wrote, oh I, yeah, I wrote an essay about the Clone Wars, and oh, hey. <laughs> it was it was really fascinating because we a lot of it was talking about streaming and about binging and about oh, okay. the different ways that we consume tv and i think it's very interesting and i'm somebody who always prefers a weekly model than a binge uh, model yeah weekly is pretty cool you know you just yeah. you get away you feel like yes i consumed so much so please <laughs> i wait a week just yeah, just watch I do them. love a binge though. Who does Who doesn't love a binge? Hey, but hey, I do think hey, that hey, certain shows yeah. work better for a binge than others. Yeah, if the pacing's really good, because you're watching. Yeah. But anyway, yes. it's, it's neither here nor there. Let's talk about each episode. I, I want to start with Sith first episode by El Guiri from hey, Spain. Yes. What did you think of Sith? A great way to start off this, you know different interpretations of Star
1: Wars or you know different animation styles. This one was really cool. It was 3D animation and each episode in the Star Wars Visions have like, you know, their own story. You know, they have like a viewpoint of Star Wars. It was Sith. It was a really interesting story about a former Sith who finds their peace of life being threatened by this other Sith as well. And it was like this battle. But this other interesting aspect was, you know, the colours. The color scheme was just so pretty. It reminded me of Spider-Verse in a good way, because you can tell like how much influence they took. And and I thought it was really, really cool What about you?
0: Yeah, no, I agree I mean, painting isn't really a common concern In Star Wars stories But I think seeing it here It makes me realise that it's so intrinsically Star Wars, you know, the way that light is used and dark is used, how the two are balanced, how emotion is so integral to it. And, you know, you can always count on visions to show a different angle of classic Star Wars themes, which you know, I'm, I'm sure we're gonna talk about loads in this video, but it really works spectacularly in this short. And as you're saying, colour is so important. The characters are bathed in kind of like an orange and red light when they fight, yeah. with white and black streaks kind of cut through the atmosphere at time. And there's a lure of the darkness, as I say, a battle between the dark and the light light and dark is everywhere and again it's something that is always a part of star wars with lightsaber blades and the colors that clash but it's in a wholly unique way
1: yeah you can tell they're in different worlds like with this film, Seth, she's painting and she's trying to move on you know she's using you know a way to balance her way of life and then with that there's a really cool moment in, in there like she had like a double blade you know it was red and yellow it was like a really cool way to show that I keep saying
0: cool. I'm sorry. No, it is cool, cool, though. It is so cool. You're right. It's it's just cool. Like, it's that balance. Her blade balances those two colors. It's tackling themes of destiny that you can be who you want to be, but you don't have to be defined by what's written for you. It's very similar to what you have with Rey in The Rise of Skywalker. She doesn't have to be defined by her lineage, by being a Palpatine. And you can express yourself however you want. And this is what the character in this is learning. Don't shy away from the dark. You can use it as part of a way to express yourself, whether it be in a fight or through the painting. And like so many of these shorts, there is hope in everyone's future. And it all kind of comes together to make this like character journey, which I was, I really, I thought was really cool.
1: Yeah. It was a really cool character journey. As you said, you know, you are following her and the Sith is like, you know, you're a master now, like you're a Sith master. Mm. And then she takes that as like, I'm, master now but not in a way of dark but this is my fate you know i'm in control of it now and she's on my path i really like that i thought that was a really good episode yeah the animation was just so cool yeah that's what yeah it was just very nice and it was just refreshing I mean, each episode had amazing animation. But yeah, I gotta
0: say, this animation was pretty cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Next one is Screech's Reach from Cartoon Saloon from Ireland. And I was really excited for this one because I watched Wolfwalkers a couple years ago, which is what they did. That movie was so, so sublime. I think it's on Apple TV. It is just Magical, it might have even made my top 10 of that year. Did it is. just absolutely incredible? So, this one was really, really exciting for me. What do you think Wait. of Screech's Reach? Oh, Screech's Reach that was a really interesting,
1: you know, it had a horror element into it which i you know that was very different you know in star wars because you know star wars it's just chaos it's just like you know you got every character (laughs) it's true yeah but what they did here they brought that horror element of this ghost but this ghost turned out to be a Sith lord that was really scary You know Oh my god That sound design You know When yes. she comes out of nowhere And she just screams And it's like Wow yeah, That's scary I really like You know They brought the horror aspect of Like oh We're trying to find a ghost And you know The ghost is a Sith Lord Like that's just scary Again The animation really Reflected that as well Like it's dark But there's a wholesome vibe to it Between you know The other characters they, They're trying to Live in the galaxy You know Trying to do something But they're trapped But then mm. At the end The main character yeah oh that's a great plot twist by the way like she realized that this whole thing she had this bracelet well not bracelet but like this communication device she had this this whole time yeah and then she was talking to this of the sith is it a sith i don't i, I mean the red some was, sort of dark side creature yeah, it must be something like that but that was a pretty good plot twist she's been tested in a way of like she's strong but she's using fear as a way mm. of doing that because fear was you know used a lot in you know star wars the imperial especially in Andor you know fear was used Mm. oh yeah there's a
0: lot of episodes that I thought really drew strong parallels to Andor. Not necessarily this one, but definitely kind of like further on. But I know what you mean. There's a a spin on those classic Star Wars themes of leaving everything behind and taking hold of your future because it's not always pretty. Whether your life is better or not afterwards, it doesn't matter because what you're leaving behind is always a part of yourself, something you need to let go of. Whether it be Rey learning to leave Jakku and accept that the people who you're waiting for will never come back, or Luke leaving Tatooine, knowing that there's nothing there for him anymore because all of his friends are gone and his aunt and uncle had died you know like it's something you need to let go of something that might not want to let you go the final shot of screech's reach is of the protagonist's face getting swallowed up by the dark and there's this feeling that maybe that's it for them maybe they did choose the wrong path maybe they should have stayed where they were like their friends there's something about the line i've got it written down here there are worse lives and then they say there are better lives The idea that, like, so many Star Wars stories, you don't have to just sit and take what others want for you, similar to what we were talking about in Sith, or even what's expected for you. There's so much more, and the first step is taking control of your own path, your own destiny, whether or not that is good. And I agree with you that, like, I love all the horror in the episode, and what you're saying about the sound design, that also goes to the music as well, because the music is so simplistic, and it carries this kind of ethereal beauty. I actually listened to the soundtrack, the two pieces they released for this short by Leo Pearson, and man, he composed the hell out of it. It's so magical and it carries hope, but Mm. also it reflects a calling, kind of like the calling that the main character feels to go into the stars. And there's something final about it. Like when it plays in the credits, you kind of think that was it when the character gets swallowed up by the dark, that's it for them. And there is something really kind of difficult about that and, and the way it kind of twists those classic themes while also being very faithful to those classic themes yeah i should have listened to the music afterwards because the music was yeah just no it's really cool really good really good um yeah. the next one is in the stars <laughs> by punk robot from chile ah, this um,
1: yeah
0: oh i love this one this one was great It was about
1: these two sisters who were trying to fight Mm. on this planet, which is completely being controlled by Imperial forces, and they want to fight against them. And, man, this had a lot of emotions, a lot of really interesting aspects of life after death, and then turn into stars. The animation was so, so good in this. It was stop-animation, right?
0: Yeah, it was stop-motion. Yeah, stop-motion. I thought it was so beautiful. I just want to say, like, I'd happily watch an entire season of star wars tv in this art style oh, i mean that goes for all the other yeah. art styles in the show too but i just i love the tangibility and the textures of the stop motion it's so unique and magical and there are two other shots that we'll talk about that also do stop motion i, I think those are among some of my favorites because that's always been one of my favorite animation styles yeah, I just don't know what to say. It was just really nice and I really
1: liked this arc in this in this shot, you know, like the mother of the two daughters, she was, you know, trying to protect and then trying to bring the imperial forces down, but she failed and then everybody else died. But then the arc comes in when the two sisters help each other and you know they're using the force. And I really liked that they don't imply what the force is. What they said about like in the backstory it was like, you know. Oh,
0: Mother said that we had great strengths. It was explaining that little backstory. The Force is so many different things. And I love that all these shorts kind of present them in different ways, whether it be through painting or dancing or song or mm. through just a strength or a feeling that you have. That kind of stuff is great. I love particularly the way the planet of this short presents life and death. You know, the mushrooms oh, kind of yeah, shriveling up definitely. and then the star coming in from beneath the clouds. It's It's a fascinating depiction of a rotting world that's been touched upon kind of like in comics with with jeda after rogue one and in, in andor with kanari but the idea of a culture trying to survive through things like art and, and like the painting like they're using the last of their water to do this little bit painting and that's heartbreaking and hmm. it's something that star wars sometimes is kind of like exploring and i love the idea of looking at the aftermath of what happens when when someone like the empire come and destroy the civilization and the fact that everything comes down to water I thought that was so clever. Not only is access to clean water, it's a struggle in, that many in our world have to deal mm. with. It's never yeah. anything that's really explored in Star Wars, but I think it aligns perfectly with the idea of oppression and the Empire taking even the simplest things that should be available to everyone because they believe they're entitled to all planets' resources. And exploring mm. that in this way just amazing. Yeah, I like that you know, linked
1: back to reality and, and stars, and it's like oh wow, you know, it's making an impact. You know, making us think about the world. I really like that you know, it's just linking back into reality. Yeah, yeah, that's why we really like this episode. And I keep forgetting music. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it, 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 I keep forgetting. Like the animation was just taking me away. I was like, wow, this is just so incredible. And yeah, this episode was very dark, but it had some light into it, especially the ending. The ending was just like mm. whole. It was just like yeah. deserved ending for it. because you know sometimes there can be some weird endings in and stuff and they don't really explain it or justify the whole arc. But this one, this one was just like very deserved and wholesome. That's what I really like about this. I don't have any criticism for this whole
0: show. I just, I just, really no, do. me yeah. neither. I agree. Like, my only criticism comes from potentially, you know, like the, the bingingness of binge. it, the binge but, watching, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the quality itself. Like, how can you really criticize the way that, you know, these cultures like express what Star Wars means to them? Right. Okay, the next one is, oh, Iron yeah, this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, my think favorite. Me, I think me too. Adman from United Kingdom. How do you criticize something so pure, something so so delightful. (laughs) It's just got that classic Adman charm that it makes me want to revisit Wallace and Gromit. I love it so much.
1: Oh my god. This was such a fun one to watch. It's called I Am Your Mother. Great callback. Oh my god. Okay, before we get into this whole thing, there's one certain character that I was really happy about that he appeared. Better than Amagundi, Tom. I'm a going to see it. Better than Amagundi, okay? No, never. Never. It's better never, than the gong droid in, in this entire thing. It's the robot from Wilson and from the Grand Day Out. It's that robot there.
0: I'm not what? joking. He's in- Wait, was you did I don't think I saw him. What? No way. Wait, bro, bro. you didn't see him? Seriously, I don't think so. He, he was right in sc- He was right in front of the screen. Oh my God. This is showing how long it's been since I've watched Wallace and Gromit okay. as well. No,
1: no, 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 no. He's in the five minute midpoint
0: who's now. Who's 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 the robot? Is there a robot in Grande? Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. I forgot no. that. That, that can't is a great detail. Got... Oh my it's God. been so long. No, I, yeah, see, like, I really, really do love this episode. And this actually, like, is something that I wanted to bring up. All the little details and Easter eggs throughout are just so fun. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you've got Wedge. I love Wedge. We've got like there are like there's like a stand with toy porgs and banthers and blurgs. There's Luke Skywalker merch. And I just love like that Luke level Skywalker of detail merch. and all these just like fun little things in the background. And it's just so good and, you know, of course who can forget everyone's favorite pilot i'm a gun die that's right john you didn't know miss him but now, he was there you he cannot bring i'm a Gundai. he's also an ace pilot when ex i just pilot. talked about race the robot with his out, bro. i did it i did it <laughs> but no yeah this story i just thought it was so great it has it was, such likable and yeah. relatable characters. There's the classic <laughs> snobby upper-class racer, and the the working-class protagonist, who's like the underdog. I just loved it so much. It's so simple, but it's also so effective. It's all that Aardman charm. I love it so much, and, and, and a pilot story as well. It's so different to everything else in the series, volumes one and two, and it's fantastic to see, and it's executed to perfection. And I want to say that Mothers are an important part of stories and an important part of life. They're also vital to Star Wars and its themes, but they're often pushed aside somewhat. Obviously, you've got Leia, Padme, Shmi, Mon Mothma, but... It's often the fathers of the galaxy that get the focus. You know, Anakin, Han, Bale, you know, those people. But it's so great to see a mother-daughter relationship. It's fantastic. You know, like, with this and and Andor and Kenobi, it's really, really good to see mothers get more importance and relevance in Star Wars when it classically has been about fathers and sons. You know, I am your father, I am your mother. It's amazing I think I agree It's probably my favourite one Yeah And The animation was just so Nostalgic um, Yes In a
1: way Yeah Definitely It makes me want to watch Whilst in Gromit* now I really like the details as well As you just said it was just so much Going on But it was just A lot of fun Yeah
0: Oh man You um, just gotta love Admin They really yeah. do just have Something special They they, they, they are do. fantastic and, and yeah I feel like you know As Brits ourselves As we are literally From United Kingdom Just having something That means so much to us you know and the stuff that we've grown up on was yeah fantastic oh like star God. wars is literally something that i've grown up on so seeing those two things combined it's just magical and, and it, yeah it's, that, that it's, really it's, just yeah. was like
1: that was amazing yeah yeah two things mixed together you know
0: star wars and Ardman, that is in a crazy mix. But, man... So cool. I love that Uh, kind of thing. It's it's so brilliant. The next one is Journey to the Dark Head from Studio Mir from South Korea. Oh, this is South Korea. Oh, Oh, yeah. I forgot this is South Korea.
1: Yeah. This was a really interesting one, actually, because, you know, it was explaining about light and dark and, mm. you know, light and dark mirror each other, which is a theme that is echoed across the vast majority of Star Wars. I really liked how that theme was showing that again in a different way because, you know, why I really liked this it was like a lot of visual storytelling between this Jedi whose master got killed and, you know, the Sith is trying to get the Jedi to come over to the dark side. And there was like two statues that were showing light and dark. But the light and dark colors were mixing with each other, which, again, echoes theme of, you know, light and dark completely mirroring each other across Star Wars because, you know, no matter what, they will be together, but it will create a war. I really liked this whole story between the mechanic and the Jedi trying to get into this planet, and the story was really good. And the animation, yeah. Oh, yes. Man, oh, that was, yeah, that was really cool as well.
0: This is, like, the only kind of, like, straight-up anime. Yeah, uh, straight-up anime. Compared to last season where a lot of it was... You know anime, and yeah. I really, really love that kind of unwavering intensity. The way that it presents and the action and the duels, and they kind of use them alongside emotional moments. Like that is just so well. And the way that the lightsaber blades move, and the way the faces are filled with pain, like during the impactful moments, it's all part of like the charm that makes so many fall in love with anime. But obviously, this time with like all that Star Wars, and yeah, I I think that the representation of prophecy and the future through these stones seeing things from the past and the future and being able to reconcile it in the moment in the here and now like damn that's so cool again it's something that's always been a part of star wars seeing the future seeing visions hurt visions not being able to understand them whoa (laughs) but like here it's like directly tied to the growth of the characters it reminded me of suzume which i can't wait to talk about we're going to talk about that later on this year and i love that that feeling in in the episode. Yeah. 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 And the words from the Jedi at the end of the episode, which I've I've written down, nothing is fixed. There will always be light and dark. There is always hope. And it speaks to the enduring nature of Star Wars. You know, the Sith, the Jedi, the Republic, the Empire, the New Republic, the First Order, all of it is an ongoing struggle, an ongoing war. No chosen one is going to change it. And not every conflict has huge galactic stakes. The Jedi also says, I actually really needed this mission. And so did you. And I love the reflection of character being the core of what's important about these stories, whether or not like the war ends, whether or not the victory lasts, another war emerges, it's part of the way of life. The Empire might be defeated in Return of the Jedi, but it doesn't mean something else won't return. Like, you know, life doesn't just stop. It's not just a happy ending. There's always something else that happens and Mm. can challenge the characters. And the struggle to therefore get back up is something that I think is, again, it's also Star Wars.
1: Yeah, so Star Wars, especially this entire season or these two seasons prove that animation can be superior to actual films, which is amazing in terms of like, you know, how much creativity that goes into it and, you know, how the stories are drawn in a certain way and they have the power to tell short stories. This is like 18 minutes or, you know, 12 minutes or each episode in this and they have the power to tell stories in you know a short amount of time but it just it gives you an impact which I really liked you know these these have the power and you know these studios have different interpretations and yeah that's the power of it really you know with the animation mm. it's
0: really cool especially journey to the dark head. Yeah you're so right and that brings us on to the next one the spy dancer from oh, the studio La Cachette from France ah. and it's like Dance, right? Like this season of visions is just so great. In what you're saying, it explores Star Wars in so many different forms of art, not just through animations, but through like the content. Like, as I was saying earlier, Sith exploring painting, or this exploring dance, or AU song exploring song. It's things that play large parts in our own lives and in our own world, but are also like surprisingly small parts of Star Wars. And, and seeing it like here is so interesting. Yeah, especially the Spy Dancer. This one was really. Uh, I keep saying really,
1: uh, I, I don't know how to say else. Yeah, Extremely. Yeah. Extremely cool. Yeah, this one focusing on a dancer and an imperial cabaret. And this one, I didn't expect have an emotional mm. beat into this. It had a lot of that. And I thought, I gotta say, the voice acting in Journey to Dark Hair, the spy dancer, well, the, the other ones were just so good. But this one yeah left an impact on me because, you know, the voice acting was just so... So good. These ones had excellent voice acting. The Spy Dancer, especially, because you know it was just so natural in a way, and it it really reflected those emotional moments in that. And they brought in, you know, with the accents, because I thought you know they weren't shy, you know, to bring in their culture or the voice acting, which was mm. just so so. Cool, like with screech's Weech, you know he was irish in the stars chile and then the spy dancer was french and then band the girl like was indian and it was just so so cool you know to see something that they won't shy away and the animation oh my god this one's just so good <laughs> as well we will never sure about the animation of course but <laughs> it, um, is it so was so cool sm- it was so smooth it was just so mm. beautiful you know to see the you know the animation her dancing across
0: the whole room. Um, yes.
1: Yes, and uh, you know you can see the different color schemes, and it's completely changed in the second half, mm. which I really liked. Um, yeah,
0: as well. like I agree with all that. You know, I'm I'm studying drama and film at you know I mean second time I've mentioned my university course today, but seeing this <laughs> hey guy guys, look- come to my <laughs>
1: university. Hey we guys, come to courses. the
0: university. Yeah. <laughs> Did um, you know we see- had these courses? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually an ambassador at my university. I have to do that. I have to be like, hey guys, so. You want to take the horror film module? <laughs> like, yeah. But seeing this level of performance <laughs> art, the, the exact kind of thing that I'm kind of studying, this dance in the air with the sweeping cloth and it's bathed in blue light. It's magical. You know, we saw the Squid Opera in Revenge of the Sith, but that was one of the oh, yeah. of the audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, like, performance art is something that we don't see a whole lot in Star Wars, you know, yeah, and yeah. this time we're seeing it from the perspective of the performance itself, and the toll it can take just to dance for the Empire, to dance for people they so intrinsically disagree with. And just yeah. like I Am Your Mother, we're looking at the perspective of a mother and child relationship, which, again, so refreshingly amazing, and we're also seeing yeah. the impact of imperial oppression, just like in The Stars. It's blending both of these themes and exploring how a mother fights back, and how different kinds of Kinds of culture are appropriated and twisted by the empire and how the innocents are forced to fight back for their freedom after andor it feels so perfect and i like that it's a great evolution of those themes done with you know more of that star wars kind of pulpiness the visual storytelling in
1: this episode was just so emotional. With the plot twist, which is the imperial guy who has the eye patch was the dancer's son, which was taken by the empire. And I thought that was a really strong visual clue. And it was like again, this message across, you know, parents and mothers and fathers about you know Star Wars. Mothers are so important and a key figure in that. So mm. I thought that was a good way, you know, to reflect that. Yeah, and it was really good. I really liked that.
0: Yeah, no, that reveal at the end that he has cut off his horns, or they've kind of been snapped off him, or something. You can see like the re- the remnants of where they were, and you can pretty much figure out that behind his eye patch is his other colored eye just like his mum's and that kind of final shot of him alone on the bridge of the Star Destroyer with that one glimmer of hope the tracking beacon that flashes just in the dark before the credits roll it fills you with hope it fills the story of hope and it really is fantastic the next one is The Bandits of Golak from 88 Pictures in India oh yeah again this is great I really like this as well and it had
1: an Indian atmosphere and I really liked again they weren't shy away from the voice acting that you had like their interpretation of of, you know the star wars world and it was just really cool to see that in this culture and it really was so reminiscent of the clone wars which is a really good, yes. one, uh, good way it was just so detailed
0: yeah i was gonna say the exact same thing i was gonna say that you know <laughs> it reminded me of that clone wars bad batch tales of the jedi style but yeah it, it's infused with all these levels of indian culture through the look of kind of Golak's landscape, the aesthetics of the train, the kinds of food that they eat, and the design of the characters and their costumes. It's incredibly evocative of Bollywood. And having read some articles with the creators, that's exactly what they were going for. And those design choices paired with this almost kind of cel-shaded animation was excellent. Yeah, it was just so heavily reminiscent of that. And I really liked that. And the
1: voice acting was so strong in this one, especially the Inquisitor. Hmm. Yes. Inquisitor, yeah. Love was, that guy. Yeah, the Inquisitor loves to pop up anywhere. I mean, there's so many Inquisitors in Star Wars. I, I can't even count. <laughs> uh, 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 uh,
0: um, <laughs> there's the Grand Inquisitor, the second sister, the third oh, sister, oh, the no. fourth brother, the fifth brother, the sixth brother, the seventh sister. I think I can't. I'm, why I'm Why co- is it in odd numbers? I don't know. It just is. <laughs> there's <laughs> did, no did, did, the, <laughs> There's no equivalent numbers for brothers and sisters, so it seems okay. like they're counting up. From the Grand Inquisitor, Summer Brothers and Summer Sisters, but they're all kind of counting up um, uh I see w- one by um, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The story was pretty strong in this one as well. It was
1: like following this girl who has the power of the force and she doesn't realize about the consequences of using the force. Mm. Which is a a theme that is not really explored a lot in Star Wars, you know, like mm. you got this power of the force, but you don't know the consequence of it. Like you don't even know you're a Jedi, or you know, you got this power. How is that going to take effect in this completely different society that is filled, you know, with Imperials? And I thought that's a really interesting concept they,
0: they brought in with that. I think so many characters have the ability to use the Force and it's not commonly something, unless you're an established Jedi, that is is a fear of hiding it. And I really liked that, that they kind of take that and they lean into that so much. And I agree The standout of the episode is the Inquisitor. He's unlike any other that we've seen, and he's influenced by Indian mythology, particularly the figure of the Asura Demons, Oh and, yeah, and then that's like how they've kind of like reflected this design and i think he just generally feels so menacing and he holds such a presence all the shorts have great and menacing antagonists but i think this one is a huge standout like when all of like the food is flying everywhere and everyone's kind of caught in this storm and he's just walking through them all just like so cool you can't beat an inquisitor unless you're that
1: old woman yeah, she's so badass. Like, she has mm. the stick. Is it just a walking? Uh, I just call it a walking stick. A walking stick, but it's in... also two lightsabers. Awesome. It was so cool. I was like, yeah. oh, man. So cool. I have nothing else to say. I, I don't have any criticism, which is
0: so, like, <laughs> not me. I'm just like. Hey. No, but that's, as I said earlier, they all are so good. They are and, so good. You know, like, I'm happy that they're all so good. I really hope we just continue to have seasons of Visions where, you know, there is nothing bad to say and you just enjoy it. Final note on this one, like the ending, quite a few of the shorts deal with the prospect of going out on your own, taking the steps towards your future independently, as we spoke about with Screech's Reach, and there's a difficulty with leaving what you know, and seeing the brother and sister depart after relying on each other to survive so heavily. It's heartbreaking, but also there's a level of hope knowing they'll be okay. It's less dark than Screech's Reach, and i say, like, the final line of the classic May the Force Be With You is perfectly in line with that hope. There are a couple of times when, in the shorts, you get this classic, you know, you've got the classic I have a bad feeling about this and then here may the force be with you it really works and it yeah. really kind of you know heightens those emotions yeah just completely reflects star wars in a way mm. and it's so cool yeah and the the penultimate one is the pit from dart shiato from japan and lucasfilm limited from the us so this is like the only one that lucasfilm is actually fully involved with hey guys it's me i create this whole thing so let me be here. <laughs> they have like let a fake mustache on they're like yes i am animation studio just kidding Uh,
1: yeah
0: (laughs) yeah the pit okay first of all the animation
1: was just so reminiscent because you you can see different animation styles which is really cool in in a whole, Mm. whole anime but the pit was just so reminiscent of anime show called samurai champloo which had this chill kind of vibe There's something you know dark about it, but no, it's just like a really nice piece of animation that they did. But the animation studio who did those got bankrupt. Really? Yeah, I was like, oh, "Oh, I wonder if they still. Oh no, but yeah, this one, the the pit had that. The pit had like that that style. Yeah, I was like, hey, this brings back the animation studio did cowboy bebop as well. But anyway, oh, cool. um yeah, this one had a really cool, well, it's a really sad concept really. Mm. It's like,
0: where do the workers go when the empire has done something like The empire quite Everyone... literally throws them in a hole. In a There's hole. this horrible idea in Andor about prisoners building the oh, very thing that yeah. will not only lead to the death of the people like Cassian, but of the oppressed all over the galaxy, the Death Star, right? And I feel that like this short takes it to the next level in that these prisoners are digging the very pit that traps them and keeps them away from the surface. And we see that as the Empire builds their settlement, the prisoners go deeper and are eventually cut off entirely. Those within, they kind of become lost in a mad scramble for freedom at first, before that kind of devolves into just hopelessness entirely yeah i really like the whole message like there's light and darkness
1: you just look for the light it's such a scary concept that because you know Ooh, yeah you've been working for days or maybe months on this hole and then they're looking for the kyber crystals and oh no i think i'm about to sneeze oh no oh oh um yeah okay oh i hate i hate these sneeze. wait um oh. i'll keep talking as i just oh Stop, stop! 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 Uh, okay. Um, oh. Where okay, gonna... <laughs> uh, was I? Like, oh yeah. So yeah, it's a scary concept. and you know they thought they were free, but no, they, they were just like celebrating, like yay, we yeah, did- like we did what, it, and no, then no. we
0: did it, yeah.
1: Oh, but man, yeah, I thought this was a pretty strong episode as well. It yeah. reminded
0: me of many kind of Holocaust films, the hopelessness of being trapped and knowing that there's not really anywhere to go but death and, and working for your oppressors with no choice and this like many of the characters have a struggle inside the pit of, of remaining hope some of them just want to stay inside and accept their fate and, and they're fearful that no one will care enough to help them if they ever got to the top and there's the idea that this one person who remains hopeful who looks towards the light even when it seems darkest that is so very Star Wars and I love it you know you always need somebody as long as one person still Believes then that is enough Like Luke has lost all hope in The Last Jedi But Ray believes in him And as long as she believes there is still a chance That he can come back and you know Regain his hope and he does I did love the Dark Knight Rises parallels in this episode As oh, a huge yeah. fan of that movie oh, uh, yeah. The pit itself And the concept of climbing it top notch You know like <laughs> You have merely adapted the dark I was born in it I, I, I love that born movie it. I'm, yes. I'm re-watching Christopher Nolan's movies, like, at hey. the moment. I'm getting close to the Dark Knight trilogy. I'm so excited for that. But to draw another comparison to that trilogy in this episode, we fall so we can learn to pick ourselves up. And that is so good. And Watching I'll tell you what, we... when, when the... Do you ma- know what we <laughs> nice. do when we pick up? Uh, trying... I messed it <laughs> up!
1: I messed it no! up! No! <laughs>
0: We're do like, you know what mas- we do when we It just, it made me like, when when the main character of this episode was climbing, I was just hearing the Wait. chant from Dark Knight Rises, the kind of, Masala, 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 like, just so good.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, what were you talking, oh yeah, the light and darkness, uh, pick ourselves up, yeah, yeah, that's what you're talking about, yes.
0: Yeah. Seeing a society also kind of built on the labor and oppression of these prisoners, a society who don't, like, see or really care enough to see the plight of others until they're literally yelling in their face. Again, parallels of Andor and the idea that nobody's listening. You know, and in this short, it feels like nobody's no listening. nobody is. Like, nobody's when the listening. protagonist is thrown back into the hole, it feels like there is just no hope. And that is so easy to believe if everyone gives into the darkness. But again, one little girl remembers they need to follow the light and never give up. Because people like the Empire, yeah. who quote The Rise of Skywalker, they win because they make you feel like you're alone. And you're never alone as long as hope exists, as long as the light exists. That moment where they all chant and everyone hears them and they caught yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so good in this one. And then last but not least Yes, this is Awu's song by Triggerfish from South Africa. Oh boy, this like this episode, like so many of them just it's the epitome of beauty But like, the characters are made of like what looks like felt and there's this immaculately oh, crafted so practical set with vast mountains and cliff faces and this little home and the whole community with canopies and tree trunks holding up structures it's all so gorgeous as i said earlier the stop motion episodes in this show really blew me away and this is no different
1: oh it's so cool It's just so wholesome, and you get to see that whole village in this whole thing, and wow, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, like, looking through, it's just, like, so cool, and it's just so wholesome, the animation, as you
0: said. It reminded me of, like, In the Night Garden, you know, for for, for those British viewers, just that kind of, like, really wholesome vibe. And there's, like, massive,
1: like, well, not dog creatures, but, like, dogs that are, like, bears. I I, I mean, dogs are bears in in a way, but, like... (laughs) Dogs Um, are bears. It's true. That's going to sound out of context. If you take
0: one thing away from this episode, dogs are bears.
1: (laughs) But no, this is just really wholesome. And I really like the whole overall message of it. You know, it's courage. She's trying to seek courage in this whole thing. And her father's like you know, very worried about she doesn't have that ability. And it's just so cool. Like, she tries to find a voice in this whole thing, and it's just so cool. What yeah, there you? are
0: so many kind of, like, wide shots that depict the huge landscape, the mountains that stretch into the distance, and are full of greenery and intricate shapes. And not only is it beautiful, but seeing Awu as such a small creature against this huge world is just a simple way of presenting that kind of longing for something different. This call that she has to sing and to heal the Kaiba, and just like I said, uh, you know, with painting and dance in these shorts, this one looks at the power of song. And I think that's interesting because music is maybe the biggest factor in what makes Star Wars work. Like, you know, yeah. John Williams' score and, you know, like even in-universe songs like the Moss Cantina song, which <laughs> is canonically <laughs> called... <laughs> Yes, John. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think it's canonically called Crazy About You, which I think is hilarious. But seeing someone who uses their voice, who uses music to heal and to calm the violent nature that surrounds them, Aou sings and everything is connected through her song and through it she can calm the world. And like you said earlier, it's another take on the force and of hope and you know the things, the arts that can bring peace and joy. Like, damn, this show is so good, and I just wanna—I just want a thousand seasons forever from every single animation company around the world. It's so special, and its presentation of Star Wars and its values are just immaculate. Yeah,
1: it explores like different aspects of, like you know, we got dance, we got, uh, as you just said, like earlier, mm. you know, like with music, it's just so important. Ah, oh, this episode was wholesome. <laughs> oh my
0: god, oh, it my really god, was. I it. And god. I have an email here from Samuel Masson yet again it's, the man himself it's sam it's sam w- it's once again. more and he says hello tom hello john how are you both Star Wars Visions Volume 2 was an absolutely beautiful series delivering with each episode. I thought Volume 1 was good, but a couple episodes missed for me. However, with Series 2, every episode hit the right notes, be that from lessons, action, music, and emotion. In Sith, we learn that the past has happened and we can't change it as much as we may want to. Rather, we accept it and let it shape who we are today to become stronger and move forward. The sounds in Screech's reach were amazing and little screeching from the ghost sent chills down my spine. I'm Your Mother was made by Aardman And as usual of their projects The animation and storytelling was amazing Journey to the Dark Head had some brilliant lightsaber action The animators clearly did research into lightsaber movements and forms Bit of a silly one But in Spy Dancer it was fun to see stormtroopers having time off The Bandits of Golak had some amazing culture woven into it Which was awesome to see all the other animations take influence From the culture of their respective studios slash countries And there were some recognizable aliens in there too Shame there was no Celestians though And the picture is how cruel the empire can be What I loved about this series is that the creators were able to run wild, but still tell the story they wanted to tell. This series isn't canon, but would more fit into Legends, and I think that's what makes the series work. No disrespect to any of the creators, but these stories felt like a playbox. Stories you'd come up with as a kid with your action figures, but so carefully refined. That's where the beauty of this show lies. So my question to you guys is this, are you guys familiar with Legends? The series isn't weighed down by canon. Do you think we could see Legends stories adapted in some way, like Death Troopers and Project Blackwing? Interested to hear your thoughts. Many thanks. Thanks once again, guys. Keep up the awesome sauciness. Take care, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. As always. What do you think, John? Sam. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> yes, no <John. laughs> idea. I forgot what <laughs> legends was. I'm so sorry, Sam. I should know this, but uh... it's okay. We we know that I'm the Star Wars expert on the pod. And legends okay, basically Tom, legends are me. all of like the books and comics and games and shows apart from the Clone Wars and the first six movies, it's... from 1977 oh, all the way to uh, no, when Disney bought Star, Wars Star Wars. Wars. Yes, right. So some of the Star Wars vintage stuff in Disney Plus... All the Star Wars Vintage stuff, in fact, are all Legends. They're stories that no longer are canon, but were all made during a time when the expanded universe was. So things like, you know, like the Force Unleashed, for example, that video game is Legends. So while now everything that comes out is canon, everything takes place in the story, everything matters, things weave into each other. Disney basically scrapped everything when they bought Lucasfilm so they could have a clean slate, which I think was a good idea because... There was a lot in Legends, but I think Sam's question is interesting because I think a lot of these stories would fit into canon. I think the idea of, like, seeing all these different cultures and planets being oppressed by the Empire and seeing all these different corners and different people rise up, that does kind of feel very Star Wars. And I wish it was canon in a way because that, I think, would fit really nicely when you see stuff like Rebels... And like all the different planets that are fighting and like things like Andor where some planets lose and some win. And these fit really nicely, even though some of the details aren't exactly canon. But I do think they do work really nicely. I don't know what legends we could see. But as Sam says, the best part about this show is that it doesn't have to be constrained by canon or legends. So it really could go anywhere. I think it would be funny to see Luke which is Luke spelt with two U's, who is the clone of Luke from the Dark Empire trilogy, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, or maybe it's the to the Empire trilogy. Oh, my dog is barking. And I just love the idea that something that stupid could come into Star Wars Visions. Yeah, man. I don't know what Star Wars Legends is, Sam. I'm so sorry. Don't worry, what? John. It's only it's only roughly 30 years of reading. You can do it in an afternoon. What? Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. In time, it's like watching 1,000 episodes of One
1: Piece. Which takes about—is that how long One Piece is? It's one thousand episodes.
0: What? That's insane. That is insane. Yeah, yeah that's um... ridiculous. <laughs> to finish, two questions. First of all, what are you going to give Visions out of ten? And second of all, we we've probably already answered this, but what was your favorite short?
1: My favorite short. Yeah, I'm just
0: going to go with this anyway. Um, I am your mother. What? Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm not. But you. you you're my mother
1: oh my god what
0: (laughs) it's a revelation Um, (laughs) this um, whole time you have been my mother (laughs) i'm gonna give this
1: a nine out of ten
0: yeah i i agree with that again my only criticism is that i wish it wasn't binged but at the end of the day all the actual content is just fantastic but yeah thank you everybody for listening a bit of a longer episode this week but if you liked it you can give us a like and subscribe if you want to see more if you're listening on youtube and if you're listening on spotify you can follow and give us a five star review if you think we're worthy next week we're doing fast x which is gonna be hopefully really cool we got some really 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 cool news about who's gonna be in it this like literally this morning i won't say it just in case people are trying to avoid spoilers but like wow that is gonna be cool I would really like to enjoy a Fast and Furious movie again. <laughs> yes, it's been a while yeah, since you exactly. have had a really, really good one. I mean, I liked nine, but anyway, that'll be next week. And you can send us an email at at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Fast X and ask us any questions. And we'll answer it right here on the podcast next week. And you can follow us on Instagram, alsteinfilmpod, to see our incredible thumbnails from Zayn Afzal. And on Twitter for more thoughts from me. Thanks to Al Jones Mayer for the excellent theme and Renan Phillips vocals as always. And I think... That's everything. Yeah, that's everything. Thank you. Send for the email. Yes. Yeah. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.